Love Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese meditation bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. The show that brings you the most fascinating and really the most helpful leaders in the business community from all around our terrestrial orb, I am. Bart Jackson, your Hieronymus Bosch of business, and this very day, you're going to learn that there are indeed some powerful forces at work to make ours a better civilization and planet. And the new investment fund that embraces them is also part of it, and I want you to learn about this because, yes, you, the, the, the public be damned polluters have their special funds, and the profit only for the quick quarter ROI folks, they have their funds. But what about you? What about the socially and conscious, socially conscious individual who really wants to profitably set his earnings to work for himself and for the benefit of all? You want to put your funds behind the businesses that are really improving the world and solving some of our largest problems. Well, my friend, have we got a fun for you. Such a deal. The United Nations and its Global Sustainability Impact Institute have launched a new mutual fund that is made up of companies committed to sustainable development goals. And the very best news is that they have wisely asked Mr. Alfred Berkeley, former CEO of NASDAQ and World Economic Forum board member, to assemble the team and create this literally life-saving fund. So by the good graces of the god Ganesh and the willingness of the guest himself, we have Mr. Alfred Berkeley here to fully enlighten us about the new fund that holds the best ROI for our planet and ourselves. So whether you're a manager of large funds seeking to get the most profitable and ethically aligned investments for your shareholders, like Rick, or you're a crusading senator seeking to guide us toward the Renaissance rather than a dark age, like Bill, pull up your chair a little closer. Join us in this feast of wisdom, all carefully cuisined, to make your careers thrive and your adventures flourish. Now, I'm so glad that you could Tear yourself away from the global markets and share uh, your hopeful message with us today. Well, thank you, Bart. I'm delighted to be with you. Oh, so glad that you're here. I understand out now um, that basically what you're you're coming up with is is a way to do good by investing well. The United Nations and its Global Sustainability Impact Institute have basically asked you to lead a team for this new to develop this new mutual mutual fund with uh, for companies that are committed to sustainable goals um, now before we get really into the specifics of the fund just ask me what kind of investors might be attracted and um, why do we need a fund uh, centering on sustainable development who, who profits Well, the background on this really is the uh, consciousness that's coming more and more into everyone's mind around the world that human beings are very profligate in their use of the resources that Mother Earth has given us. And people are aware of the uh, climate change issue. They're aware of pollution. They're aware of uh, all the, the problems that come from uh, not having a sustainable business model for businesses and indeed for our own lives. So what we've been asked to do is to create a, uh, a fund, not unlike the fund that NASDAQ has that reflects the NASDAQ 100, 
but to do a global fund that consisted of companies that are trying to implement the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals for 2030, and they're doing it in their uh, in a way that requires them in their regulatory filings to be legally committed to what they're doing. And so uh, we took that on because we thought uh, it was a good project, uh, well worth our time. Well, I, it certainly sounds so. Uh, now, the Sustainable Development Goals Fund that, that you're putting together, you say it's akin to the NASDAQ 100, which, which actually which you established as CEO of NASDAQ. How uh, how how so? What, what's the because uh, a lot of people know the NASDAQ 100. How's it akin? Well, it's akin to the uh, the idea of having a investable pool where you can actually put money to work. And the pool consists of companies that meet the criteria. In NASDAQ's case, they're one of the 100 largest NASDAQ companies. And in the case of the Sustainable Development Goals Fund, they are companies from all over the world that are showing a real commitment to one or more of these sustainability goals. Now, as I understand it, when we were talking, you said virtually every member of the UN and, and all countries have really gotten behind this and been involved in that, right? Yes, you know, here in America, we're not often uh, as aware of what's going on in the rest of the world as many other people in many other countries are. <laughs> oh, true. Uh, and uh, what yeah. you'll find is that the Europeans particularly are far more conscious of the sustainability issues and indeed it's growing in Asia and even in South America and Africa. So um, what we wanted to do was to uh, build a fund that you can actually put your money in. There are lots of uh, do-gooder funds out there. This one is particularly focused on the sustainable development goals. It's not focused on other concepts of, of goodness. It's focused on getting these goals implemented, and it gives people who want to put their money to work in this way a way to join with other like-minded people and send a message both to companies and to regulators and governments that these sustainable development goals matter. As to your point about the countries of the world getting behind it, the magic of this situation is is that every member nation of the United Nations signed on to these commitments. Everyone so it leaves only Yemen and only only uh, North Korea outside of this uh, this orbit. Those boys better catch up. Actually, I'd I'd like to just to help people understand a little bit more. Uh, these the goals. I mean the the yeah the goals of this one are uh, all these are companies that are aligned with the seventeen. Uh, specified uh, sustainable development goals that the UN has determined are literally vital for for us if our civilization is to continue. And I'd like to just read them quickly, if I may. Uh, they are no poverty, zero hunger, good health and well-being, quality education, gender equality, clean water and sanitation. Boy, that's true. Affordable clean energy decent work and economic growth, industry innovation uh, infrastructure, <laughs> uh, and reduced inequalities, sustainable cities and communities, boy, there's one, responsible consumption and production, truly, climate action, life below water, life on land, peace, justice, and strong institutions, and finally, 
partnerships for all these goals. Now, uh, Al, could you kind of fill us in on how these goals, how these particular goals were chosen? Who brought them into being? Well, basically, the leadership of the United Nations brought them into being, and they're built on the, and I'm going to overstate this just a little bit, but they're built on the failure of the early effort, early United Nations effort called the Millennial Development Goals, which were supposed to be completed in 2015. Unfortunately, right. the financial crisis got in the way, and also some issues of, of governance and, and accountability and transparency got in the way. So this is a very important uh, initiative on the part of the UN to bind mankind together to uh, essentially save the planet. The theory is is that if we all go our own way, the problem of the commons is so big and so broad that we'll get to a point of no return. But right now we can we can join forces with countries and people and companies around the world and actually make a difference and make this happen. I think that's a wonderful thing that, Al, you've brought up two points. Number one, we tried, we failed, all right, so we try again and we we learn from this. This is part of the business method. This is what has made mankind successful as we've struggled our way upward all all our uh, existence. This is what Homo sapiens do. And the other thing is that there is that you talk about the feeling that people really do want to get behind this, and and I think that's it's hip hip hooray for us. Uh, if you've just joined us, you're listening to the Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time streams magically through the profoundly misperceived realms of cyberspace, where you may listen and download it by visiting theartoftheceo.com. Uh, we are on many radio stations and uh, several internet uh, streaming avenues. But theartoftheceo.com is the easiest way to find this and all our episodes. So, Al, were these goals giving us kind of a, a moral compass? And they, uh, the UN says, all right, Al Berkeley, make us a profitable investment fund uh, that's going to get the right kind of companies for us. How did you go about selecting the firms and qualifying them? Well, we're still in the process. It's a very interesting and very difficult intellectual problem. And the reason it is is because you're talking about intangibles in many cases. What is? How do you quantify the uh, relative value, let's say, of clean water uh, to gender equality, which are two co-equal goals? Right, exactly, yeah. We're not trying to say that one's more important than the other, but we're trying to identify whether companies who say they're committed to gender equality are actually walking the walk in addition to talking the talk. Right. So we're trying to do that. We started with the 400 largest companies in the world, and we eliminated a lot that we couldn't find a legal, legally binding commitment to doing anything about any of the goals. And then we dug into the ones that were left, and we're adding companies to this as we do the basic, hard, fundamental, labor-intensive research to make it all work. Well, I assume that that you're looking for companies that are, as you say, actively committed to one or two of the goals. But what about the the one who truly believes in uh, 
bettering equality and stopping injustice and is meanwhile polluting the world without any concern whatsoever in other words uh there there's do gooders and do batters and certainly they can be wrapped in the same corporation well we're very interested in understanding those those uh dichotomies and we buy research from other people to help us understand it we talk a lot to the various NGOs and government agencies that are uh, also pursuing these various topics. And um, there's, no, there's no substitute but just the hard work of digging in and understanding if that situation that you described actually exists. There's another dimension, right, too. Right. Just, just, just because a company's doing a good job and committed to doing a good job doesn't mean it's a good investment. So we're, what we're talking about is actively managed accounts that – that adds a layer. We we have an underlying layer of legal commitment. We have a right. second layer of of compliance and and really doing what they say they're doing, and we have a third layer of investment judgment as to whether this is a good investment in spite of the people's best best efforts to be uh, compliant. I'm so glad you brought that up because nobody wants to uh, invest as a sacrifice. And there, there's nothing noble about investment sacrifice. You, your principles should benefit you as well as others. And I'm glad that that you're. Uh, uh, that must be a difficult, uh, a difficult balancing act for you uh, to, to get because you do want to have not just a profitable fund, but a competitively profitable fund, right? Well, that's exactly right. And we hope to, and then you know, time will tell on this. We hope to disprove the myth that you have to give up return in order to invest in a in a company that's going for the common good. So we hope to disprove right. that by on the you know on the bottom line results of how the fund performs. I I really totally believe in what you're saying. You know there there's a myth out there uh currently that that for the environment to rise business must fall and vice versa. And uh, I agree with you that this sort of thing can be totally disproved. Um, now, I found it, as I understand, very f- no or very few American corporations have made the cut. And I think of firms like uh, Apple and Google and others that have shown an interest and desire in these sustainable activities. But you have mentioned something about a legally binding commitment. What What is the hurdle that the American companies aren't making? Well, you know, we in America are profoundly litigious, and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, there are a lot of very solid American companies that are doing wonderful work in terms of improving the environment, improving the social, uh, let's just say the gender equality goal, or or, uh, meeting other uh, problem of the commons uh, commitments who publish what they're doing in their marketing literature but not in their regulatory filings. (laughs) One of our specific well, engagements yeah. with UNGSII is to pressure companies to become legally committed. So we are using right. that as a screen. There are plenty of companies around the world that are legally committed to doing the right thing, and we are, uh, you know, we have a goal of, of encouraging others to do so. Well, I think that that there is. Uh, there, there's a sort of a feeling that has come out with our, our current 
the, the United States current government the, with a majority party of the administration that, that have made a, a a great boast actually of dismissing public and environmental need. But businesses, American businesses, can indeed and do go their own way, and they have uh, their moral concerns and their missions. Is, is this is this uh, lack of of putting the uh, of Making the putting their commitment in a legally binding document, such as the annual report or something, is this deliberate or uh, is it sort of a, a a bet hedging or or is it just uh, or is it just an unfortunate oversight? No, I don't think it's an unfortunate oversight at all. I think it is a product of our litigious society, and I think the companies uh-huh. that are uh, most likely to be sued, which have the deepest pockets are very careful about the uh, commitment they make. There's no commitment on the part of, there's no requirement on the part of the regulators for companies to engage in these particular programs. You'll see recently uh-huh. the reporting of the CEO's pay versus the average person's pay is becoming, in right. 2018, a requirement in America. But I'd make two points. One is, regardless of what the current administration says this is a long-term problem we're taking on. It's a it's a 2030 set of goals, and it's the rest of your life and your grandchildren's life and their grandchildren's life problem that we're trying to uh, to address. So yes, we'll have uh, ups and downs with political leadership. Uh, yes, we'll have ups and downs with corporate leadership. Uh, but these are problems that need to be solved, particularly the ones like climate change. Oh, I, I so much agree with you. And actually, 15 years seems like a long time uh, down the road. But when you when you talk about uh, affordable clean energy or zero hunger uh, or sustainable cities and communities, these are things that are there's nothing. Uh, they're giant tasks, and there's nothing there that's going to be completed in a year. So, it, uh, frankly, I, uh, 2030 seems almost rushing it, but I, I think you have to begin your your thousand mile journey with the first step. Yes, I agree with that, and I think that's what's going on. So, so after we have been gnashing and gnashing and uh, savoring uh, today's feast of wisdom. Uh, why don't we take a brief sorbet and allow me to proffer you a few utensils for today's feast. And the first utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you see the power of your own unique set of emotions and really count them among your greatest assets? Or will you continue to follow the teachings of others that your emotions are loose cannons ever to be suppressed? (laughs) The choice, my friend, is truly yours. And as a second utensil, I can sense you yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter and taste a scriptural recitation from the 101 Best Business Script book, which I am at this moment thumbing through. Okay, here we go, here we go. Uh, If your first concern in a new venture is risk assessment, it's time to retire. You are too old for the exhilaration of business, whatever your age. What, What do you think, Al? Did we get that one right? I think you got that one wrong. I think risk All is right. an important... How, how so? 
I think risk is an important part of the risk-reward equation, and it should be part of considering every investment. Well, I, as as the <laughs> head of an exchange, I can see why I'd say that. But as my own afterthought on that would be that, that business triumph really belongs to those who fall passionately in love with the venture and, and are seething with creative ways to make it work. And, yes, you're right, Al. You do have to listen to the warnings of the naysayers, but you always got to keep your optimism up there, too. I and, agree with uh, that. Well, if you smirked a bit over that quip, we have them literally by the books full. Just visit bartsbooks.com and pick up your copy of 102 Best Business Quips or 101 Best Business Quips, and you will find your conversational quiver laden with an arsenal of lovely barbs that will lighten the wearing load of all those fellows who travail with you at work. And as a third utensil, we sumptuously spoon to you the answer of last week's business quotation, and I'm going to ask Al's opinion on this one, too. If it is, that is, the name of the person who said, if your only goal is to become rich, you will never achieve it. Now, those words were spoken by none other than America's first billionaire, John David Rockefeller. What do you think, Al? Is, uh, can you, is, is, did J.D. have it right? I think if your point, if your goal is to get rich, you're missing the great opportunity of getting rich by doing something that's important for the world. That's the way the big fortunes are made. Oh, great for you. Good for you. So stick with us uh, and listen to Al and stick with us because later on in the show, blurting away is going to come another enriching quotation. And if you are among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at bartsbooks.com. And if you're correct, your knowledge will earn your you a mind and career igniting gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And before we pull out our checkbooks and follow Al Berkeley's enlightening uh, news and his Globally Sustainable Development Fund, allow me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we're here today. And that benefiting, beneficial firm is Leadership USA. And, well, my friend, you know that inspiration and energy all flow down from the top. And so if your company needs both inspiration and energy and increased sales, uh, why not pour your training into those who are leading your firm? It's as simple as that. And I've got to tell you that Leadership USA has assembled the absolute highest level of faculty in this area. These trainers are the elite ladies and gentlemen who command princely sums from the global Fortune 500 leadership, and the Leadership USA makes these people available to you uh, for your business at a surprisingly thrifty sum. And all I can say is that here is the best investment uh, value for your training dollar. Simple as that. Uh, If you want ROI of a flourishing revenue and satisfied leadership and fulfilled firm, go for this. Visit leadershipusa.biz. That's leadershipusa.biz. And why not join the team and watch your own leaders astound you? Carpe diem, my friend. And now, with our utensils in hand, let's get back to our investment discerning uh, Mr. Alfred Berkeley, formulator of the United Nations newly launched Sustainable Goals uh, Development Fund. Sustainable, jeez, sustainable 
Development Goals Fund. Uh, sorry. Well, uh, now, currently, Al, the uh, SGD Equity Fund is open to institutional investors, and it is it will soon be open to individual investors. And if so, what's the buy-in? Well, uh, we're we're following a fairly standard launch pattern here, where you bring in uh, institutional investors first. This is a Luxembourg-based fund, uh, reflecting the fact that European investors are far ahead of most American investors in, in awareness of the Sustainable Development Goals uh, issues. And also, uh, it, it is a dual currency fund. It, it uh, can be bought in dollars or in euros. So uh, that's all in the regulatory mix uh, in Luxembourg now. Uh, when we get the regulatory approvals, we've got uh, some money circled from some institutions to fund the fund. And as it grows, uh, we will open it up to more classes of investors. In the meanwhile, at Princeton Capital Management, we uh, can run separately managed accounts on the same principles uh, for American individuals. Now, you are on the board of uh, Princeton Capital Management, and in fact, I think you had, you, you chaired it, as a matter of fact. Now, I, I could uh, go to Princeton Capital and uh, get a similar fund or get into the actual fund that you're creating right now? Well, right now, you'd get a separately managed account uh, reflecting the same uh, investment values. Uh, as we develop the fund and, and build it up institutionally, uh, we will open more classes of shares. They're already in the legal work, in the legal documents. We just haven't uh, begun marketing to individuals yet. It sounds as if you're going to have a tougher marketing sell in America. You say that in, in Europe and Asia and, and even Africa, there's a greater understanding or, or appreciation, I guess I should say. Uh, what is, is the U.S. going to be a hard sell? And if so, how are you going to uh, are you going to pitch it through sheer uh, profitability or what? Well, um, America is a very large market, and there are segments of the American market that are very attuned to sustainability generally and to um, economic uh, environmental. Uh, issues. Uh, so, so America as a whole is not difficult. It's just that uh, the European markets are really are ahead of us psychologically in understanding and and in the acceptance of these kind of funds. I want to emphasize that there are a number of, of uh, funds out there for people who want to invest in, in, quote, doing good. The specific advantage of this fund and the point we're trying to make is that if you want to help with this United Nations effort to get the Sustainable Development Goals implemented by 2030, this is a very focused way to do that. Uh, there have been uh, uh, environmental, social, and governance funds around for many years, but they're not all focused on these same issues. So we don't, we don't want to be right. confused with a traditional uh, environmental, social, and governance fund. On the, on the other hand, we do use many of the same principles in our focused approach to help the uh, right. help the uh, momentum behind the SDGs. Right. Okay. Now, you uh, have one of the aspects of this is you have a sort of a one-for-one -one program that you've set up uh, with some of the institutional money managers. 
to, to give them sort of a little better access. And yes, what we're doing. Global PR. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, what uh, we're doing there. What we're doing there is uh, getting. Uh, we're asking institutions uh, and uh, corporations with their retirement plans and their other funds to put one percent of their uh, capital to work in this fund to join and send the message to uh, governments, to corporations, and to individuals uh, that these issues matter. There's a lot more going on here than just this fund. The uh, fees from this fund go to, uh, go to underwrite a number of programs that the, uh, the uh, Global Sustainability Index Institute is doing. And let me give you a couple of quick examples. One of them sure. is a global youth poll where quarterly uh, youth from all over the world are going to get a chance to express their thoughts on uh, the various goals and how they're being implemented. And that's going to be reflected through the International Association of Parliaments to the governing bodies in every one of these countries. There is also an education process for educating school children with specific curricula around the SDGs, uh, which allows us to do what we missed doing in the Millennium Development uh, Goals, which was to bring the youth into this, because in 15 years, a lot of those 15, 20-year-olds today are going to be in the workforce and in a position to influence activity. So we, we're going after the youth in a way we did not during the earlier effort with the Millennium Development Goals, and the funding for that is coming from participating in this fund we've been talking about. This sounds excellent. I, I think I think you can always tell uh, when an institution or an effort is wise is that it actually listens to the youth rather than try to mandate and redirect them. So good for you. And now just one more, once more, if I want to become involved in the fund, uh, how do I, or, or learn more about it, how can I do that? Well, if you're an individual in America, uh, which I assume right. most of your audience is, then uh, you should go to uh, Princeton Capital Management LLC on the web and, uh, and contact us. If you're an institution, then uh, right. contact us and we will put you in the fund and, and with all the documentation of the fund, which is about to come back from the regulators uh, in Luxembourg. So we'll be in business here shortly. That's, I was going to ask you how soon, but we have a lot of foreign listeners as well. Uh, what is their best bet? To, to well, get they, just to keep it just to keep it simple, if they'd come contact us at Princeton Capital Management LLC, okay, yeah, right. um, uh, which is an easy Google away, uh, we'll get you to the right places. So, okay, Princeton Capital Management LLC. And when are we going to see the the firm open up? Uh, I mean, the fund. Well, we're just up? waiting for regulatory approval. We're interacting our, our attorneys in there, and the regulators are interacting on a daily basis. And we think we're quite close to getting the documents back uh, and being in business. A uh, couple of months, maybe. In a couple of weeks, we hope. A couple of weeks, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, Al, thank you so much for explaining this this magnificent opportunity uh, to us and 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 laying it at our feet. And I hope that. Everyone there uh, will take advantage of what you're offering 
and to, as you as you have said, the wisest investment is one that does some good, and we are talking to a gentleman who knows that like no other. So, Al, thank you very, very much for coming. Thank you for having me, Charlie. Okay. All right. Well, now we're going to have to have Al back when, uh, as the fund launches off, and so we promise we'll, we'll bring him back to you. Fear not. And as we round out uh, today's feast, uh, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotation, and that is, who is the individual who said, fortunes are made by buying low and selling too soon? And as a hint, he was the son, the author of this was the son of a minor cloth merchant, and he uh, invested his way up to become a uh, the head of Europe's peerless banking uh, family, funding the armies of Europe throughout the Napoleonic Wars and onward. So, and not only that, uh, his family makes an exquisite line of red wines. And remember, if you know the author of this quote, just scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be and send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com to win an absolutely career-igniting gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, if you search hard enough, you can always find a good, solid reason not to try any venture. Uh, And it will invariably be proposed as a warning from a person who is neither succeeding nor smiling. (laughs) Just a thought. And if you... uh, uh, have been gleefully enjoying this feast. I hope you have as much as Al and I have enjoyed bringing the art of the CEO to you. Just remember that you may download this and all our shows by visiting theartoftheceo.com. And finally, to you who have honored us with your time, may I say, as always, it has been a privilege, and I thank you. <laughs>